All right. How you guys doing? Good. Well, if you got a Bible, open it up to John 7. We're going to start there. We're going to be all over tonight. And um, I thought this was going to be like a Bible college class type of situation, you know? Diego didn't tell me nothing. He just said, he's all like, just show up, man. And I was, okay, all right. And then I'm like, what? I saw everybody coming in. I'm like, what, what is this? And he's all like, it's like, you know, all of our workers and every, you know, I'm like, oh, oh. So I had to kick out a whole bunch of, no, I'm just joking. I, John 7, and we'll start in verse 16. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you so much for bringing us out here tonight, Lord. We thank you for calling us into the ministry, and we thank you for uh, just, the, just the pleasure of serving you. So bless this time and fill us with your spirit so that we may learn these things according to your spirit, Lord. In your holy name, amen. Tonight, I'm going to uh, just, we're just going to go through the scriptures and uh, just some things that I picked up in my life. Uh, the, about ministry and service, and uh, but I don't want the focus to be on me. But um, really, I, um, my dad passed away a, a, about a year ago, September thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, Sixteen. He was the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel, Long Beach, and uh, I was his associate pastor, and uh, and also the youth pastor, and uh, and janitor and bouncer and all that stuff, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, and it was just a, a joy to watch him work and watch him minister and serve the Lord. He loved this body of believers at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. He loved Xavier. He loved you guys so much. And uh, watching uh, him over the years, uh, tonight I just want to bring you a message called Things My Father Taught Me. And uh, just things that I learned from my dad about the ministry. Now, um, I've been a senior pastor for one year. Uh, you know, who, you know, <laughs> a senior pastor for one year. I've been ordained for 11 years as a pastor. Uh, I used to beg my dad to ordain me. I said, oh, dad, ordain me. Ordain me. I want to be a pastor. He goes, you already are. You already are. He goes, you're doing the work of a pastor. You already are. And he goes, but I want to be ordained. He said, what do you, you, you got taxes to save on? What, 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 you want to be tax free? What, what, what's your beef, you know? And and I think he was waiting until I got married. And so he finally ordained me when I got married. So I've been ordained 11 years as a, as a pastor. I've been an associate or youth pastor for 21 years. And I've been in ministry for 32 years, and I'm 40 now. You're like, well, wait, you mean that you, you started when you are eight? Exactly. My first job at Calvary Chapel Long Beach was setting up chairs in our living room for a home Bible study. I had to move the couch, the armchair... And then set up folding chairs in the living room. My first night of ministry was the first night of our church at Calvary Chapel, Long Beach. I remember it was a kind of a cold night. I think it was. And I was bummed out that I couldn't watch Dumbo on The Wonderful World of Disney. And Dad says, well, that's the first lesson in ministry. Sacrifice. And I'm like, oh. That was day one. When I was around eight years old, my dad always brought me along to any part of ministry. I was just his buddy. I was brought along. He, we went to pastor's conferences together. I would sit in his library while he studied and learned about what it means to be a pastor. And I, at a very young age, I remember around 10 years old saying, Dad, can I teach a Bible study? 
And he goes, sure, what do you want to teach? I said, I want to teach my Sunday school class. And, and, and he's just done. He says, what do you want to teach? I said, Revelation. And he goes, and then I realized, I don't know anything about Revelation, but it's just sounded really cool. And, and, uh, he, and he started to teach me how to do a Bible study. And he, he, uh, he, he brought me in on that. And I remember I taught Revelation until the teacher wanted his class back uh, on Wednesday nights. And so I taught my first Bible study around when I was 10 years old, and it was a blast. I learned a lot from my dad and watching my dad and, and also watching others in the faith. Uh, I, I, he, he would bring me in to these pastor's conferences, and he says, okay, listen to this guy. Take notes. And I was like the only 11-year-old there at a Calvary Chapel pastor's conference. Taking notes. He goes, okay, this is John Corson. Listen to him. He's got some good stuff. Here's, he, he, and, he went down, and he said, now see this guy? Do not listen to him. Whatever he says, doodle, draw. No, I'm just joking. But... Uh, but but he always told me to listen to Chuck. He says, listen to Chuck, listen to Romaine, and you'll be fine. And we'll get into that later. But uh, I learned a lot. And this is in no particular order. This is the stuff that the Lord laid on my heart that I learned from my dad. And we're going to, of course, go. It's all scriptural. So I don't want you to think I'm some Mormon up here uh, tell, <laughs> telling you some weird stuff from Golden Plates, okay? Uh, but um, I just, this is just stuff that me personally for ministry that I just want to impart to you guys being the ministry and serving the Lord. And it's not just Bible study. It's service. It's serving the Lord. And we'll get to all that. Uh, number one, I uh, just want to encourage you guys, be humble. The ministry has no place for pride. If you're taking notes, uh, if, you're, you know, if you want to take notes later, that's fine. Be humble. There's no place for pride. Look over in John chapter 7, verse 16. I'm not there. There now I am. Okay, it says, Jesus answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him so you notice it's seeking the one it's seeking the lord we are nothing special in ministry oh oh they won't be able to vacuum without me they won't be able to serve without we are nothing in the ministry and i say that as a senior pastor even this we're nothing when we start to think of ourselves more highly than we really are, we're going to have some problems. We're going to have some bad problems. Pride gets in there and you lose ministry that way. There should be no place for pride. We're just, we're just, we should stay humble. Yeah, you can be, man, that was great. But it, it's not us. We have nothing to offer the work of God. I love that portion in the book of Esther where Esther is there and, and Mordecai is just telling Esther, hey, you got to do this. And she goes, I don't know if I can. He goes, hey, listen. He says, if you don't do it, God's going to raise somebody else up. And deliverance will come from another. And that really puts us in our place, doesn't it? Here's Esther, who, you know, she was high up there. And hey, God could bring somebody else to do the job of a senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Long Beach. We are nothing special. And we need to really ask the Lord to take the pride out of our hearts when it comes to ministry, it's not you, it's the Lord. 
Number two, make sure that you have the right heart in ministry. Make sure you have the right motivation, that your motivation is correct. If you want to turn there, turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, but as we but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as men pleasers, but we please God who tests our hearts. Guys, make sure your motivation is correct, that you're serving and pleasing the Lord, not serving yourself or serving someone else. We serve the Lord. Why? Because we love the Lord so much. I'm in Sunday school because I not because I love kids. Well, I do love kids because I wouldn't be here if I didn't. But I love Jesus. I love the Lord so much. I want it, and He's worthy. He's worthy of the service. I, I, it's not for myself. It's not for uh, anyone else. It's for the Lord. I have the right heart. That had a motivation in ministry. Remember who you serve. Number three. Remember you serve the Lord. You don't serve a pastor. You don't serve yourself. If you start serving the pastor, that's not, that's, your ministry will be shallow. If you serve yourself, it's even going to be even worse. If you serve another person, if you're doing ministry for another person, you're not doing it for yourself. I remember one time I was in high school at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and I got involved in this ministry because this really, really cute girl was involved in the ministry. And I said, I'll serve the Lord, man. Praise God, you know. I'm all for it. And I joined that ministry, and I was doing it, and I was doing it for her. Made myself look more spiritual. Oh, boy. Baloney. Oscar Meyer, man. That's, that's junk. And that, that's not the right motivation. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not who you're supposed to be doing it for. Keeping Jesus first in ministry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Make sure you're serving the right person. You're not serving the Lord because your wife or your husband told you to do it. You're not doing it because, you know, I heard on Dr. Phil that I need to be a churchgoer. No, 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 bull. Don't do that. Serve the Lord. That's who we serve. Number four, remember who you are. My dad always reminded me of this. Remember who you are as a minister or leader. We kind of get into those titles, don't we? I'm a minister. I serve the Lord at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. I am uh, a, uh, a worker there. Yeah. We, titles are so lame. Guys, you know, uh, you know I'm an usher. I'm an usher here. Well, hey, praise the Lord. That's great. But remember what you really are. As a minister or a leader here, you are literally a slave. That's all we are. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> is that something to brag about? You know, I'm a slave. Yeah, I have no rights. I belong to, I belong to somebody else. You know, I have, I'm, I, and, but that's the thing. We are. That's all we are. We're just slaves of Jesus Christ. That's all I am, and that's all I really want to be. You know, and, and, and people get so prideful about themselves. I'm a slave. Really? 
Can you really say that? No, I'm a slave and I rejoice in Jesus Christ. I'm glad I'm a slave because human nature, guys, we're all a slave of something. Either you're a slave of sin, like the Bible says, or you're a slave of the Lord. Pick. You're a human. All humans serve something. Just in our nature. Even atheists serve themselves. Atheists have gods. It's called self. We all have a God. It's in our human DNA. It's how God created us to live for the Lord. So, hey, you know what? I choose to be a slave of the Lord, but that's all we are. Look at Romans 6.15. It says, what then? Shall we sin? Uh, Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present uh, yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave? Uh, whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that you were slaves. Uh, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We're just slaves of righteousness now. That's all we are. We're just a slave. And we're also called, if you're a leader, to be a shepherd. Have a shepherd mentality. That's what it means to minister. It means to, to, to serve and to be a slave. And we are called to be a shepherd, to lead people, to protect, to care, and to feed. If you are a Sunday school teacher, where's my Sunday school teachers? Are, is there any Sunday school teachers here at Children's Ministry? If you praise the Lord, you're called to teach little ones. Teach them the word. Feed them. Whatever you do, you serve and you shepherd and you protect and you lead people to Jesus Christ. My dad always, number five, told me, hey, understand where someone's coming from. Understand who people really are. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's who we're dealing with in ministry. We're all sinners. My dad wrote me a letter. He didn't know he was going to pass away. But he left a letter. That was how he rolled. He got emo with people. I'm not like that. He was like that. He, he got really emotional. He wrote a letter to me on the account of he went home to be with the Lord if he, when he died. I knew this letter. I found it when he passed away that day. And I read it. First line. He says, I'm writing to you these things because if I told you these things in, in, in person, I would bawl. I would cry. So I'm writing them all down. And the first thing that he wrote to me, it says, Andrew, people will always fail you. Don't look and hang your hat on people. Trust the Lord. People will always disappoint you. When my dad got saved, he was, got saved at a Pentecostal. Well, he got saved by himself in a park, just him and the Lord, after this massive conviction from the Holy Spirit. He just, and he went to a church that night to do it publicly, and it was an Assemblies of God church. And when he went forward at the Assemblies of God church, the guy who led him in the sinner's prayer publicly, he says, now turn around and see everybody in this church. He says, everybody here will disappoint you, but Jesus never will. And that's really neat. Because sometimes in ministry, we get to a point where like, oh, that person or that individual. Guys, get your eyes off of everybody else. Understand that everybody in this church will disappoint you. But Jesus never will. 
trust in the Lord. Sometimes they don't act the way you think that they should act. A, a co-laborer in Christ gets a little punchy. And you're like, oh, hey, what are, who are you doing it for? For that person? No, keep your eyes on Jesus. People always disappoint you. One time Chuck told my dad, he goes, hey, Roger, Roger, they're just people. They're just people. Realize who they are before Christ as well. Yeah, they're sinners, but they're sons and daughters of Christ. That They're co-laborers in the faith. They're kids of the king just as much as you are. They're born again. They're saints. Let's not have resentment for them or bitterness. Give people the freedom to fail. You know, don't be a shepherding movement. <laughs> just love. Just love them. Number six, dad taught me in ministry, check your attitude. Check your attitude. Don't be a sour face. If you come into the office or you come to the church and, and you just got, mm. cut it out. Let everything be done with love and joy and excitement. We get to serve the Lord. We get to serve the Lord at a church. We get to serve the Lord in, in ministry. Why are we? I, we had a we had a we had a worship leader <laughs> who was probably the meanest guy you ever wanted to meet. He had a worship leader too. He was singing songs, and and everybody would be worshiping, but. We would have had a massive worship team of probably a probably good 50 people if it wasn't for this guy. He chased away everybody. People would come up. We would be driving up to church and there would be singers weeping, walking out of church. I'm like, what's wrong? Oh, this guy. And we're like, good grief. And dad took his time with them, exhorted them. And he was always mean. And finally, dad would say, he says, well, he says, hey, hey did, 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 did you eat a lemon? What's wrong with your face? He started bringing them out. When you come in here, guys, you might have personal drama. You might have heartache. You might be mad. You might just have a knockdown drag out with a husband or a wife. The kids might have just killed the cat. I don't know. <laughs> but you've got to check that and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Give me love. Before I do anything at this body, people are watching. And I want to be a blessing. Ask the Lord to change, check the attitude. Let everything be done with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, um, Let all that you do be done with love. Why do you do what you do? Grace and mercy and forgiveness. A real smile on your face. Not a fake one. You can always tell what a fake smile is i love body language you know i love watching people and how like i can look at people right now i can tell you exactly what you're thinking i took a little class on it one time it's fascinating you know the people who are really bothered by what i'm saying their hands are folded like that guy right there no i'm just joking no <laughs> you know it's, it's just great to watch me you know and it's like that body language you gotta just be totally you know it, you know, that was great. When I went on into it with a date with a girl, you could always tell if a girl... Guys, here you go. You could always tell if a girl or a guy is into you by if their feet are pointed towards you in the conversation. <laughs> I would walk into a date with some girl, and if her feet were away, I'd just say, oh, we're, we're, you know, I gotta go. 
And she's like, why? I was like, your feet. And, and, and very rarely happened. They were always, no, they were never. Finally, I found Kelly and her feet were pointed towards me. I said, you want to get married? You know? But our body and our language and our face has so much to tell. You know, when you come in to serve the Lord, we should be beaming. What a privilege. What a privilege. It, it just that, that look, look at, uh, turn it over to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I, I'm loving this verse in my life right now. Ephesians 4.31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. We need to have that. Plastered on our minds, our hearts, and our faces. Check your attitude when you serve the Lord. Dad would always remind me to go the extra mile, like in Matthew 5.41. Don't be a time card hireling. Is my, my time up yet? Okay, oh. Four, three, two, one. Bye, I'm gone. Hey, I'm done serving the Lord. No, no. We are actually in a constant state of serving the Lord. Don't be a... He used to say, hey, Andrew, are you a... a Andrew, are you a time card hireling? I'm like, no. Then stop acting like it. We should want to serve God continually. We are literally in a constant state of serving the Lord. We never stop, really. When we stop here, we're going to go and serve our families. You know, when you leave, for me, I will leave the office. I'll leave our area where we're doing ministry. And I, I'm a guy, so I want to go home and check out. I want to watch ESPN. I want to watch the news, scream at the TV, yell at Fox News for a little while. I'm like, ah, Democrats, you know, and, <laughs> And I, and I want to do that. I want to check out. I want to watch a little games. I want to watch how my Green Bay Packers are doing. I want to see how my angels are doing. I, I, I want to check out, but I, I can't do that. Why? I'm in the ministry. And my, you're like, what? Calvary Chapel Long? No, no, no. I'm still in ministry. I serve the Lord. We all serve the Lord. Now I've got to serve my wife and kids. So check. I can't check out. I, now, so, do I do that? Every, I do check out. I do. And man, my wife lets me know that I checked out. But, and, it, and she does it in a gentle way. But, man, when, she, when that happens, man, I come home. I got to, like, pull up in the driveway, turn the keys off, take a deep breath. And now let's go into ministry part two. Now let's go to the new ministry. Honey, what do you need done? And I got to serve my wife. I got to serve my kids. Now, we'll, you're like, what about some me time? Ah, we get that one. It, me time starts in heaven-ish kind of thing. <laughs> That's when you're so, you're just like, oh. And even then, you're, you're, you're there for the Lord. You know, it never stops. You're worshiping, praising. Don't be a time card hireling. I want some me time. No, you're constantly serving the Lord. He used to say, hey, Daddy used to say, he used to love the fact that you were called into the ministry. He brought that up all the time. Are you called into the ministry? Are you called? You have to be called. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm going to go to school to go to the ministry. I'm going to, be, I'm going to go to school. No, you're called. 
Has God called you to do the ministry that you are doing now? Be sure of your calling. He used to remind me, keep your eyes open. Turn over to Psalms 123. For you ministers here at Calvary Chapel Pasadena, keep your eyes open to things that need to be done. Uh, don't get clocked into, my, you know, well, I'm a sound man, and that's all I do. I see a piece of trash over there, but I'm a sound man. This is not union, okay? We, this is not a union job. You know, well, I would love to move those chairs, but you know what? I work sound. I would love to help you with your, your, uh, uh, your uh, fifth and sixth grade ministry, but I'm strictly preschool. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. We do everything. Keep an eye out what needs to be done and do it. Be sensitive to it. I love this passage in Psalms 123. Sorry, 123. Psalms 123, verse 2, it says, Oh, let me just read. It says, Unto you I lift up my eyes. O you who dwell in the heavens, behold, as the eye of the servant looks to the hand of the masters, as the eye of the maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. It's those detailed things that we need to look at. The Lord, back in, uh, when they had slaves, the, 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 the steward, the head slave, would look at the hand of, and he would look at the master. And the master would just make little movements with his finger. And, the, and you would pick up on what the master wanted by looking at his hand and looking at his eyes. That's a good servant. He's just that, those little things. Those little things. And dad would, he would love to say, oh, pick up on those little things. So when dad goes, man, it's hot in here. Air conditioning. You know, oh, look at, look at the, dad would go, look at the dust up there. I'm dusting those tonight. Man, look at, look at, uh, uh, you know, I wish we had a ministry for, um, you know, elderly homeless people with a, with a limp. I, I don't know, you know, what, we're starting that. And that, that, that little detail stuff, looking around. Don't get so unionized that, you know, this is, you, everything. This, outside, what God's called you to do, that's our ministry. So look, look what needs to be done. Keep an eye out. My dad was a can-do guy. He did everything. In fact, he... I was, I was trying to remember a Bible study he taught on this subject, and I couldn't remember it. I was looking for my notes on it. He, took, he, he taught way better than me on this. But there was a, he was a can-do guy. He, he would talk about how when he grew up in ministry at uh, Hosanna Chapel and at Costa Mesa and with, where the Lord had him, he le- and also at the Assembly of God Church before he went to Calvary Chapel, he was always, he, he, he learned every part of the ministry. Don't get clocked in to just one ministry. Branch out. Learn it all. We serve the Lord and we can serve him in so many ways. He was well-versed in every ministry. And, and you know, you do the same thing. It, it, especially for those who, wanna, who, are, who are called by God to do more. You're like, I want to do more for the Lord. Then get involved. Maybe you are a person who does uh, janitorial or maintenance. You know, as you're dusting the uh, soundboard, you're like, I can do that. I can do that. And then get, learn it. Be well-versed in as much stuff as you possibly can. That's great stuff. 
you know, be not just a man of war, but or a woman of war, but also be a man who, who does maintenance or or that. You can see that in Scripture how Joshua wasn't just a stonecutter, but he was also a tactician, and he was also a man of prayer. He did all the, and you see that theme throughout Scripture. Second Timothy four shows this. Second Timothy chapter four. Verse 2, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Look at all those different ministries. With all long-suffering teaching, hey, be ready in se- Be ready to do anything for the Lord. Also, a ministry never stops. We've already talked about this a little bit. We're on a constant state of ministry, but listen, a lot of us try to we, I've heard it said tons and tons of times. I have to find the balance between family and ministry, right? What's the balance? There's no balance. We just serve the Lord. Listen, when you serve your family, you're missing who you're serving. Don't serve your wife. Don't serve your husband. Serve the Lord. It goes back to motivation. What's the balance? No, no, no. Just serve Jesus Christ. Well, which one should I do more of? Church work or family work? Jesus work. Back in Luke chapter 10, you have this wonderful story of Mary and Martha. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just soaking up all the, just, Jesus is teaching. Mary's like, yes. She's like a fat kid at a jelly belly factory, just, you know. Just taking in all this stuff with Jesus. And she's just going, I don't know if she was fat. I'm not saying she was, but I'm just like, you know, I'm just, she's just taking it in. Spiritually. And then Martha's over there working. Working her tail off Martha's lifestyle. And Martha says, Jesus! Tell her to help me. You know, she's just mad. And Jesus, Martha, chill out. Like she's chosen the better thing. And so we're like, oh, you know what? You're right. Being lazy at the feet of Jesus is way better. It's the better thing. No, 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 no. What's the better thing? That's the big question. What's the better thing Jesus was talking about? It's the thing closest to you. It's, it's not, for, for Mary, it was at the feet of Jesus learning. For Martha, it was the dishes. It was the thing closest to you. That's the better ministry. It's not like, oh, someday I'll be a pastor. Someday I'll achieve greatness at this church. I'll be on staff. No. That, that's, that's crud. That's junk. That's not Jesus. You know what? You know, the better thing is just serving him. That's the best thing. It's the thing closest to you. For Martha, it was the dishes. Right now, what's the better thing for you? Being here in fellowship, learning about ministry. That's the better thing. When you leave, get in your car, and you go home, you're going to find another better thing. When midweek rolls around, better thing. It's a thing closest to you at that present time. It could be your kids. It could be the homeless guy that you pull up on the... That's your ministry. You're, you're in constant state of serving the Lord. It's just the, the next thing that's closest... The, the thing that's closest to you is you're serving the Lord through that thing. Be loyal to your pastor. Dad taught me that straight up. Dad always said, loyalty is a rare, rare thing. Be loyal to your pastor. 
it's, we're not a cult, thank God. I am. No, I'm just joking. But uh, we're not a cult. But be loyal to your pastor. If you don't like what the pastor's doing, find a different church. But, and when you leave, shut up. Don't be a gossip. Don't be mean. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, loving one another. If you don't like anything that's going on in this church or another church, you know, and, you don't like, and you're under that pastor and you don't like something going on, find another church. It's cool. Because if you don't like what the pastor's doing, if you don't like something that's going on, you're just going to get bitter about it. Just leave and leave quietly with love in your heart. Yeah, it just didn't work out. I'm gone. Bye-bye. God bless. And you know what they're going to do at this church? Hey, God bless you. Love you. We're praying for you. That's the thing. But guys, be loyal to your pastor. Back him up. Amos 3.3. If you don't like him, Pastor Romain was, Pastor Romain, who was Chuck Smith's second assistant pastor, used to always tell us, if you don't like the way the pastor does it, leave. We're not going to hate you. We're going to love you. Bye-bye. If you've got a beef with somebody in, that God has set up, let's go. It's okay. God's going to bless you. And please don't come to my church. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's horrible. <sighs> you got problems. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Sorry. And, and, just, and, and be loyal to the church. Be loyal. This should be... Your, this is fun. This is just, this is just, you should be into Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. We've had some cats come into Calvary Chapel, Long Beach, and they go, did you see what's going on down the street at this other church? Shut up. I hear you. Oh, praise God. That's great. Well, I, you should do it like they do it down the street. Then why don't you go there? God bless you. Why don't you go there? I've told that to so many people. It's like, well, why don't you go over there? I could do that. Yeah, we're not a cult. Bye-bye. You can leave anytime you want. We are not Scientologists. You know? And, and you could go and, you know, but be loyal to your pastor, though. It's a joy. Praise the Lord. Be a man and woman of constant prayer. The dad told, told me, he said, have you prayed? Are you praying about it? Yeah. Be in constant prayer. That's where the war is at. Bible says in James 5, 16, you know, the, 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 the uh, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, or woman, avails much. Are you praying? First Thessalonians chapter five seventeen says, "Pray without stopping." You know how you do that? You're like that's impossible. I'll, I'll run into walls. You know, boom. You know, no, it's a constant state of prayer. How can you pray without stopping? It's praying at the speed of thought. When you think of something, just look to the Lord in prayer. Have you ever had one of those random thoughts? Those ra- like, why am I thinking about Steve from the second grade? Why am I? That's the Lord. Pray for Steve in the second grade. Have you ever had one of those weird dreams? It's like, why was I dreaming? Pray for the dream. It's the Lord. It's, the, it's what he brings up. Do that. Be in a constant state of prayer. Praying at the speed of thought. You know, have you ever noticed something weird on the road? Why is that guy picking his nose in that car? Pray for the guy picking his nose in the car. God brought it to you. You're looking at him. Might as well pray for him. 
That's how you pray. That's good stuff. Be in the word constantly. That was law at our office. That was law at our... Are you in the word? Read it. Study it. Obey it. R-S-O. Read it. Study it. Obey it. Are you reading the Bible? Are you studying the Bible? That means, you know, reading it's like, you know, chewing your food. And studying it is digesting it. And obeying it is taking the nutrients and doing it. And that's what you got to do. Are you in it? Are you in the word constantly? Is it directing your ministry life? Is it, is it, um, are you finding direction through God's word in your ministry? Be in the word. If you're not in the word, in your, you're, you're going to get, you're going to have what I like to call a cracker ministry. You know what a cracker ministry is? Crack. It's going to dry up. It's not going to be like a, a saltine. And it's going to be just a, just a dried up piece of bread, like dandruff. That's going to be our ministry. If we don't stay in the word and stay in prayer. Number 14, here's a practical thing. I just threw it in. Always listen to Pastor Chuck. Just do it. You're like, well, what's so big about Pastor Chuck? You haven't listened to him, I guess. Listen to Pastor Chuck as much as you possibly can. He is so good for basic stuff because you know it's practical stuff. Well, what's so big about him? Dude, the closest revival that we've ever had happened through that guy. God used him as the instrument by which to bring a massive move of God in, this, in, the, in the nation that affected the whole world. Listen to him. Basic stuff. If you're like, well, isn't that kind of like an idol worshiping thing? No, no, no. He's just a man. But dude, it's a, it's groovy. It is so neat. It is so awesome. Get into it. Well, I like the more modern people. Ah, okay. Just try it out, though. Just try it out. You're like, but he's so slow talking. Speed it up somehow. I don't know. Like. When I was in Bible college, we had to listen to all the Chuck tapes. And I had this wonderful thing where I would put it in and I would double speed the tape. And I could turn it up. And he'd be like, but it was totally like, I could do a 60-minute Bible study in 30 minutes. And it was awesome because I grew up around a lot of fast talkers. So I was just like, this is normal for me. I'm like, you know. But but it just is a joy. Listen to him. Pull it up. Get into it. it dude. Because you get the real philosophy of what a Calvary Chapel is all about. You know? Like, what, the big, right now, it's a big thing is that what is a Calvary Chapel? What is a Calvary Chapel? There's a lot of redefining, a lot of uh, uh, revisionist history going on. When you listen to Chuck, you get it. Like, there it is. You know? Just devour that guy. Somebody came up to me and says, is there a really good book on prophecy? I'm like, yeah, Pastor Chuck. It's like one of the best guys on prophecy I've ever read in my entire life. Listen to him, read him. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's great. Get into them. Even as you guys in ministry here, get into it. Xavier ain't that bad either. So listen to all what he's saying. And then um, one of the last few things, and this is number one. Actually, this trumps all of it. And if you're a Democrat, I'm sorry I used the word Trump. But 
but this trumps everything, okay? Do everything by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are not ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's just going to fall apart. You're not going to have any joy. You're not going to have any excitement. It's like, it's going to be useless. The power of the Holy Spirit is the one thing that we need the most. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not going to be by your hands that your Sunday school is going to hop or your ministry is going to take off or that you're going to have excitement or joy. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're searching the internet more than you're searching the scriptures or if you're relying upon Wikipedia to help you or a self-help website to help you in your ministry or if you're like going, I need Pinterest. No, you need the Prince of Peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we get everything we need as a Christian. If you're doing ministry on your own flesh, on your own accord, it's going to be so, so crackery. It's going to be dry, desert-like. The Spirit changes everything in ministry. It just, it's just blessedness. It just, it just, it's a blessedness that it just goes through the whole ministry. You need the power of the Spirit. And then lastly... Have fun. Have fun in your ministry. First Timothy. I asked my dad, what do you think? What is, what is, what is your one? I said, what's your, what's your life verse? And he had his life verses. And this was one of the top three, I think. First Timothy chapter one, verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. How great is that? I thank God every day. Thank you, God, for calling me into the ministry. Like you're a senior pastor. Of course, yeah. No. If I was a janitor, when I was a janitor, I've been a janitor. I loved it. My favorite time is vacuuming and making those little diamonds. And I'm like, and I would praise the Lord. I had the best prayer and worship times while vacuuming. I said, thank you guys for calling me to the ministry. Praise the Lord. Scrubbing toilets. Like, no. Dude. Thank you, Jesus, for cleaning up the crud in my life. Oh, you put me in the ministry. I get to clean up this junk. Thank you, Lord. You know? Dealing with drug addiction. Oh, it breaks your heart. Dealing with those people who are going through all that stuff. But yet, thank you, God. You called me in the ministry. I get to serve you. That's some great stuff. But have fun. There's nothing worse than when I say, what do you, you know, what do you do in the ministry? Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm a janitor. Yeah, that's what I do. Are you okay? You need a Coke? You need a Coca-Cola? You need a little pick-me-up? What's wrong with you? Well, you know, the, the ministry's a tough thing. Are you okay? It's wonderful. It's so much fun. And guys, maybe if you are, if you're just, if, if, if your ministry's causing you, depress, causing you depression, you need the Holy Spirit. You just need the Holy Spirit. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. 
You have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your life. If you, if you feel like you're in a rut, you feel like you're just going through the motions, there's no fruit, stop it. What, what am I doing wrong? You're, in, you're doing something wrong. And you know what the big thing is? You ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. I prayed for that and that didn't take. <laughs> you didn't take it by faith. You just believe it by faith. Ask for it. Well, does it wear off? No. Walk in it. Walk in it. You have victory. You guys made you more than conquerors. Now act like it. Gosh, guys. And we all get into that. I don't want to convict you. I want the Holy Spirit to do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to give you all, like in our house, we call it condo bondo, condemnation and bondage. I don't want to get you all condo bondo here and get you all like, oh, I'm such a horrible minister, man. There's hope for all of us. This is great. I mean, let tonight be the night that we say, hey, you know what? Maybe I've been doing something wrong. Maybe I've been messing up. Well, that's not to bum you out or to beat you up. This is just to get your eyes on Jesus. To get you back into a place where we go back to the word, back to prayer. Go back to the basics of ministry. Like it says in the, with the church of Ephesians, like Jesus said, return to your first love. That's why we're doing it. We're just serving the Lord. Whether it be at home or here, we serve God. What a joy. How gr- Man, look what God has done with us. Where has God put us? Look at us. Praise the Lord. How great is this? And man, you know, so in all that ramble, hopefully it spoke to your, hopefully the Lord spoke to your heart. Hopefully I didn't speak to your heart because you'll get nothing. But the Lord spoke to your heart, man, about your ministry here. Just receive it with joy. Do it with joy. Filled with the Spirit, in the Word. Just look what God has done. Putting us in the ministry. And man, let just be reminded of these things. Who are we doing it for? Who are we, who are we doing it to? Who are they? They're sinners. They need, they're messed up. They're just like me. They're, they're saints. I'm going to treat them as brothers in Christ. I just want to serve. I want to be a shepherd. I want to lead people to Jesus. I just want to be that, I just want to be that person. I want the Lord to restore that right spirit in me tonight. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for calling us to the ministry. We thank you that you have done a work in our hearts. We thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you have just done a work in our hearts. Lord, we ask that you would just um, forgive us for our sins if we've just messed up in our ministries. Maybe we've been doing things that are not, are not glorifying to you. Maybe we've been doing things in the flesh. Maybe we've been doing things that have been not according to your word, Lord. Maybe we have had this time where we have been uh, not showing love or grace, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. And, and, but that's the cool thing. Lord, you, you forgive us. Lord, renew a right spirit in us, Lord. Create in us a new heart, a clean heart. Lord, let us do our ministries not for self or for others. But Lord, let us do it for you. Let us serve you because we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.